Welcome to video game bullshit. My name is Jeffrey Wittenhagen, and I'm a published author-slash-writer. Video games, both old and new, are my passion. I recently had a successful Kickstarter for my NES collector's book called The Complete NES, and I'm currently doing a massive overhaul of my original book called Hidden Gaming Gems, uh, creating a new NES game to go with it. I also have tons of projects in the works. My blog is at hagensalley.wordpress.com, and I'm on a lot of forums as a Subcon 3. And we've got Kyle. Hey, hey, I'm big into uh, no death runs, high score runs, uh, collector of all things, vintage and retro. Uh, pretty much anything video game related. Also collect figures, vinyl, VHS, tap handles, old beer signs, and old beer steins. And we've got Daria. Daria here, and I'm a collector and enthusiast of all things role playing. I also run a burgeoning YouTube channel which covers retro game review and indie game coverage. You can find that at youtube.com slash DariaPlays, T-O-O. Please call our number, leave a voicemail or a text message at 262-264-VGBS. Alright, Gunstar Heroes fun. So, Gunstar Heroes. Yes, sir. We have our um, introducing Daria to the to the podcasting world. Yes, welcome, Daria. <laughs> Hello. Just so the listeners and even you um, get an idea of how we do things, as you've been a part of now, we play a game and we try to pick like a bucket list style game to play and we play it for approximately one to two weeks uh try to play it from like a new perspective nowadays so it could be a game that we played back in the day um or it could be something that we've always been meaning to play or it could be something that we played a lot but we never beat um and then we choose it and we make that the focus like back in the day when you used to rent video games this is a essentially the only game that we're trying to focus on over that week time frame basically we call it our bullshit homework because all homework is bullshit right okay <laughs> yeah and then we'll bullshit about it yeah i think i spent more time playing gunstar heroes than i did all my actual homework during this week so oh jeez. <laughs> <laughs> that's where games are fun you know and that's and this this game especially i was i was pretty blown away um, just how well it's programmed. It's just like, my God. <laughs> and the whole thing was Treasure, which is former employees of Konami. And I think that's mm-hmm. that's really a big part of that. Yeah, absolutely. And Treasure has done a lot of amazing games. 
I, I don't think they've ever done a bad game. Yeah, it's kind of like working designs. There's just there, every game that comes out is just like amazing. It's nuts. I don't think they've done a bad game, but maybe they have. <laughs> um, of course, you know I'm on the good old um, wiki as a, <laughs> we, we talk on the podcast, so I always. It's like there's got to be a bad game in here somewhere. <laughs> second game, McDonald's Treasure Land Adventure on the Sega Genesis. I bet that's actually pretty good. It's probably programmed well. I bet you it's programmed well. It's better than Predator on the NES, I'll say that much. I thought uh, Light Crusader was a little strange, how everything, you can slide all the objects around. Like, you just talk to somebody and they just slowly push across the floor like they're on ice. Like, uh, that game's a little strange, but it's not bad. We almost gotta, like, stretch to find a bad game, though. Because there's, there's a couple Tiny Toon Adventures games that were released. Those probably are suspect, but maybe not. <laughs> maybe they're good. So, um, should I do my, what we call, Lane of the Wallpaper? <laughs> yeah. For the game. So, we already, you know, established that Gunstar Heroes is a run-and-gun shooter. Um, also has some platforming. Very, very easy and loose platforming. Um, developed by Treasure and published by Sega. Um, it was released late in 1993. Um, there was a later port to the Game Gear, believe it or not. Um, was not by Treasure, though. It was by M2. Um, they did the port. Uh, in 2006, uh, there was also a Treasure Box collection on the PS2. Another reason that PS2 is awesome. <laughs> oh, absolutely. I think that was probably only released that. in Japan, maybe, because I'd never heard of uh, that coming over to the States. Let me see. Uh, and then there's been multiple uh, virtual console and Xbox Arcade and PlayStation Network releases as well. So it's been on basically every system. Um, mm-hmm. Let's see here. Based on the story, or the, the plot, the Western version of the game storyline is different than the Japanese. Um, both, there's a godlike evil robot called Gold and Silver that has the potential to cause extreme ruin. Um, and the efforts of the Gunstar family, the twin brothers, Red and Blue, and then there's a sister, Yellow, and older brother, Green. I did not know that, that the Green was a brother. <laughs> and all the four gems are the Silver's power source were taken away, and there is a vicious dictator, um, Colonel Red, and he's called General Gray, apparently, in the Japanese storyline, uh, uses mind control to enslave Gunstar Green, the brother, and make him obey the orders of the colonel. So that's very interesting. I didn't even read, I'll, I'll be honest, I did not read any of the opening cutscenes to the game. <laughs> um, I actually, for this one, didn't either. Usually I like to uh, like watch it from an atmospheric perspective but for some reason i just wanted to play Uh, i was like it's an action game i'm the press button press button exactly um yeah usually i avoid the gameplay side because kyle does a pretty good job covering all the um the different aspects of gameplay do you have all that written down this time kyle or you want me to jump into gameplay i got a ton of notes uh just go back and forth and figure yeah we all of us just throw in cool stuff yeah, let's just do like a round robin style thing. So that was the plot. Um, let's. I'll I'll pass the ball over to uh, whoever wants to grab it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'll just start off at the very beginning. I thought it was really cool how you can choose the weapon you want. I love games that do that. I think Cyborg Justice on Genesis, you can like build your own robot. It's kind of like here, well, like whatever you want, take it. It's cool. Mm-hmm. So you can choose one gun, and uh, there's four different types. 
Right, you had like the laser, the flamethrower, the homing deal, and the machine gun type. Mm-hmm, yep. And then you can get another gun later on in the level. Yeah, you can swap out your guns anytime you want as you find them. And you can hold two at once. I thought that was great. And you can, yeah, they pair together to create kind of a third yeah. combined yes. team. I thought that was really awesome. That was amazing. And if you get two of the same weapons, when they pair together, it's like super duper Yep. Like that that's like that one weapon, but like to the core. You know? Yeah, I was spamming like the super homing beam. That's yeah, great. That's all. It's like, I, I don't did know too. what I'm doing. I the gun needs the bullets need to do the work for me. All you gotta <laughs> do is hold down the button at that point and just turn left and right. Like, yeah, <laughs> exactly. That's what makes it so satisfying too. Here's one thing that I have to throw in right here though. You don't have to pick up an item. You have to press down and B to pick it up. Oh, I, that yeah. took me so long to figure out. Now, what's cool is in the last game we played, Super Ghouls and Ghosts, the item sits there, it doesn't go away, and if it's a weapon you don't want, it's like, oh, jeez. Do you want to take a hit or possibly die to avoid it? That, that happened to me. Yeah. It becomes an obstacle, whereas in this game, you can just run by it. But yeah, it's it's strange at first, because you're like, what the heck? Like, what do I got to do here, you know? <laughs> mm-hmm. And, you know, in the, like, in the mine level, I, I couldn't half the time even react fast enough to get the item. It's like I want that gun and it's gone. It was, was it was it the mine level that you could go attach yourself to the the ceiling and yeah. to the ground? Yeah, I could, I didn't even figure out that you could do that until like halfway through the level. Oh yeah, same with me. The first time that I played, it was like once oh, it changed I can go perspectives. You know what? There's something to be said for button mashing because I got that right away. There really is. <laughs> like just experiment <laughs> yeah, no, no, with what you have, and hopefully something will happen. Um, yeah, that was that seven force boss. That was intense. Jeez. So, so, so you, you said, you know, you can choose your weapon. You can also choose the first four stages. And the first character and the character. And the character. Different characters do different things. And your shot. Yeah. There's like free shot and, um, let's fix shot. I'm a free shot kind of guy. I don't know about you two, but yeah, I was going with the free shot. The one where you can move and just hold it down. Yeah. I actually, um, played it a second time with fixed shot just to see and it just doesn't play as well as free shot Mm-mm. i think we're all used to contra and yeah running, running gun, gun, right? running Metal gun slug and, and all that good stuff yeah and no longer would it be a running gun at that point because you can't pivot and the homing missile makes the pivot non-usable and non-factor at that point and i was just blasting the music it's just awesome bass lines like that's that's where genesis shines yeah that, that game shows you where it's got some bad tunes on there <laughs> and that's what's cool about you have no timer so i could just stop and and uh you know just pump it up and it was great and the cool thing was you could stop and mess around because you also have like combat moves where you can throw things you can like mm-hmm. headbutt almost into things or shoulder tackle i think it is more like a. Uh, I don't know you can just jump around like kick stuff uh it's so it, so there's that element too that was a way for me to get out of like tight corners, like certain bosses that would almost like run through you, and there's no way to jump around them. So if you use those moves, you can kind of like combat your way through them without taking a, any damage. Yeah, and some guys like grab onto you. I think in the fourth level, in the very, in the, the very last level, actually, before you, when you think the game's over, that's another crazy thing about the game: how long it is. I was oh, like, yeah. oh my god, I didn't even realize. I thought the game was done. And I was at the final boss, and I was at oh, the no. I, I knew, but I knew better, but, yeah. I should have known better, because it's like, that was only like five levels, I think. And I kept playing this looking, I'm like, isn't this a guy from Street Fighter? 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, what's with that? There's other games that have that, too. Like, World Heroes has, like, a M. Bison-looking guy in there. Is it just such a common archetype that it's just a coincidence? Or is it more of an, you know, an homage to, you know? That's the weird thing. And the thing is, he does, like, the, the Dalsim. He does, like, a Dalsim kick. It's the second phase. I'm not sure... Did you get past that, Dario? The very first phase where he's like doing the bombing. Yeah, I got all the way to I got all the way to the end and died. I don't remember which. I I don't remember. I struggled all the way there. I was kind of amazed that I even <laughs> got that far. So you got you got to that shmup level. Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. That's the point where I was like, this is the make or break point. Yeah. Because that's the point where it's like, I was like, man, I'm feeling pretty tired right now. Like. <laughs> I could totally just take a password, you know? <laughs> that was actually my main fix, if I could fix anything with Gunstar Heroes, is that it is super um, long. It's just intense for for the gameplay style. Yes. Like, other games like Ghouls and Ghosts or, or Metal Slug, they're actually, like, about half as long in nature if you play the game through. Um, Gunstar is insane, and if you play on the higher difficulty levels, I tried playing on Expert. And the bosses take, like, four times as much damage. So you're sitting there dodging and just shooting for, like, ten minutes for a boss. And we have to throw this in right here. You can see the boss's health. Like, how cool is that? Great idea, actually. Because it's, it's almost like a risk-reward. Yes. It's like, I can, ju- I, can, I can do this. I can get just that little bit left. It feels good, though. Yeah. You know? I love that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, a, it's just one of those little things. You know, it's always the little details that make a masterpiece, and this game is proof of that. There's oh, so many little things that are great and done right. The one thing that was weird, though, when I, uh, two players, um, I was trying this whole two-player deal uh, with a buddy, and the whole thing was, you can, like, pick up and throw the other player. Oh, Chippendale, too. So it's almost like a detriment. It's very much, not only is it a running gun, but it's very much a beat-em-up as well in that regard. Yeah. Yeah, because you pick mm. the guys up like two crude dudes or yeah, <laughs> throw them around. But since you can pick up your your buddy, that's the problem because you can't fire like or do anything when you're around him. So you almost have to get your own little sectors of the level. Yeah, and um, that's where I was like, they should have had like the Double Dragon 2. You know how there's like a mode? Mode A and mode B. Yeah, A and B. So it's almost like um, they should have had that. That's the one. It's the one little thing that I would tweak, as far as um, the two player goes. But like other than that, I don't know what I would fix. Like I think the whole thing, like we were saying, how the game is long. But the last episode we played Super Ghouls and Ghosts, right? And that's that has no password. It's super duper long. We still gave it like an A. Well, I mean, we've mentioned we've mentioned before that like they're just giving us more content. Yeah. So, I mean, like, okay, they could have cut the game in half. Yeah, they could have cut the game in half, but then we'd say it's too short. Yeah, so, like, yeah. I do like how they gave you, like, the the bonus dice rounds was really, like, here, have a chance to relax, have some fun, before yes. they just hit you with more insanity. <laughs> so, so I take it you went right. one, two, three, four in order? Like, I did that. Like, going through the levels? So um, the dice I actually level beat the four. second, I beat the second level first. Because okay. I enjoyed the underground level the most with just the barrage of, you know, all those bosses in a row. Because, mm-hmm. like, I'm, I'm going to learn this pattern. I'm going to do this. And I was dying. I was dying. I was dying. And then finally I beat it. 
I was like, oh, wait, I, I can do this. So I went back, beat the first level, and just went from there. I went from just being absolutely terrible at every stage to just running through the game. See, that is a really good difficulty curve right there. Like, you absolutely. were able to, you know, your learning curve, like, you were like, you went from dying to almost mastery within, you know, one stage. That is really good. <laughs> and that's what I wanted to mention, too. Like, that's what this game is. It's like, you keep playing, and the first time you play it, it's really tough. But when you come back to it, you get better and better at it, and that mm-hmm. that fourth, um, actually, yeah, the, the very last level where all the guys are trying to, with all the crates that you, you, you're talking about with all the boxes and stuff, like, you can just run through the whole thing. It's it's like, so you beat the f- first four levels in that, the crazy, like, game, board game deal, which is nuts, too. Mm-hmm. We gotta talk about that. <laughs> well, I actually wrote notes on each level. Like, this game was so good that I was, like, jotting down notes as I was playing. That's another good testament to how awesome this game is. So I, I guess I would call it the fifth stage. So it's after you beat the first four and you go, mm-hmm. you think, you, like the M. Bison guy. Yeah. Um, you could run through that whole stage without stopping. You know, ju- you just keep going. And none of the guys ever catch up to you. Once in a yeah, really? I, did, I did the same thing. Yeah. Oh, that would have been thing. so good to know. I, I <laughs> slugged it out with all of them. And by the time oh. I get to the end, it's like I'm fucked. Because they grab onto you and they're yes. like, get off me, you know, like, jeez. Yes. And then you they get some of those bomb. guys that just won't die. Um, there's like little mid-bosses and mm-hmm. try to kick yep. you and grab you. Those guys are kind of tough, too. Yeah, that was the whole thing. I actually used the double flamethrower the whole time. Like, if, wow. if, I could, if, if I could get it. If I didn't, then I would just use the flamethrower. But also the flamethrower and the laser is amazing because it's like a lightsaber thing almost, but you can block a ton of shit with it. I was watching online and seeing how they were doing it. I was like, oh, he's using it like a sword. And that's what I would do. I would just run through the levels with it, blasting full bore. And what's cool, you could just leave it on the boss and it would just drain his health because it was just like a constant, you know, like sword just like sticking out at him. And it would just bring him down super quick. So that's, that's, that was my thing. Um, in that level, like level five, though, there's like at the very end before the M. Bison, there's four of these tall, like mech guys. So, first mm-hmm. you see a really small mech guy, like a little Cartman guy riding a mech or whatever. And then, and then there's like a, a bigger one, and then there's like four really big ones. You can shoulder block into those by just double tapping the uh, attack button, and you can take them out in one hit without getting hit. Because those guys huh. take, like, 20 health away, and they were kicking my ass at first. And I was like, I don't know how I'm going to beat these guys. And I think you guys had homing, so it probably took them out, but I had the flamethrower. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They, they go down <clears throat> pretty quick with homing. I almost think that it's almost a, like, bullet hell shoot 'em up style game at that point. Because with the way that you're talking with the flamethrower and the laser, like, you're able to block like the um the different types of shots even so it changes how you have to react as your character but with homing it's going to go and attack everything and all you have to do is watch for the bullets that might hit you and avoid them so you're doing dodging at that point yeah i love how the weapons change the dynamic of the game yes it it, it really does such replay value yes definitely so so essentially, you could play the game not only four different ways with the four different weapons, but with all the combinations. Yeah. It's exponentially mm-hmm. bigger. Yeah, Thomas was saying, like, your experience of the game is going to be completely different from mine, because you like mm-hmm. one style, and I'm, you know, I'm doing something else. And that's genius. And that's treasure. 
<laughs> and that's treasure. Exactly. <laughs> that's the quote of this one. <laughs> you know what's funny is that like some of my notes are, are really bad, though. I wrote down for stage five, I just wrote standard. <laughs> Same thing I wrote for stage one. Because it's your standard shoot 'em up level. There's really like not a lot of craziness to it. You know what I did not like about stage one? <laughs> I hated that that incline after the first boss and oh, you go down that hill. Oh, the best thing for that <sighs> is that that flamethrower you just tap up and you keep wavering it. So anyone that comes down it, he just gets killed by the flamethrower automatically. And that's what's great about um, free shot because you can just hold it down and just sit there. Now this one dude comes at the very top of it and starts shooting this. Yeah, that's the guy here. that gave me. I, he would just eat up my health by the time I got to the bottom. I'd get to the other boss and I'm, it's like, okay, well I have no life left. Yeah, that's, that's the hard part. You just got to jump over them. It's just like pain right there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it's, it's again, it's a game of learning the patterns. Yes. And once you get those down, it, it becomes much uh, more playable. And funner because you, you start enjoying like it was kind of like Goonies with Famicom. Once I play it, it starts germinating in my mind like I want to play it again. Like and then I find <laughs> myself like putting it in again, which is not true of even a lot of games that I love. I don't find myself like, oh, man, I want to see how far I can get this time. Like. I know. After playing this, I was actually kind of upset. It's like I don't own Gunstar Heroes, and I have a you know I have a decent amount of uh, Genesis games. It made me sad. That's another thing we should talk about. Like it's pretty rare, and it's up there now. It is definitely up there in price. I think I only had a have a cart only, and I made a custom like Universal game case of it. I don't think I have that one CIB. And that's what's cool about Daria. She also collects you know vintage old school games. Oh yeah, definitely. so it's, that's amazing. And th- that's the thing. I think it's like 40 for the cart, but if you have the box with it, it's like 80 or 90 for Gunstar. Jeez. Yeah. Oh, jeez. I should see if somebody would want to trade my uh, Mutant League Hockey for it. Ooh, I bet someone would. Mutant League Hockey's up there, too. The cart's worth like 70, I think. 60 or 70 alone. There's a game. It's like, I have it. It's worth money. I don't, I'm never going to play it. I would I would take a Gunstar Heroes for that. My um my wife uh, loves to play Mutant League hockey, so we actually do play Mutant League hockey. Unfortunately, so I couldn't get rid of mine ever. <laughs> <laughs> the little uh guys talking the wah wah wah. <laughs> it's crazy. I had two copies, but I um I had two copies of that and two copies of Splatterhouse three, and then Ooh, the Genesis wow. game spiked, and I was like, you know what? I want Earthbound. I want Panzer Dragon Saga. So I sold off all my trade bait and just not a bad idea. That's yeah. that's what's what happened to me too. I kept finding the same thing. I kept finding like Dusty Diamond softball. Um, it was like, geez, like <laughs> I just keep like coming across these for some reason. South Florida is so good for Genesis. Is it? Yeah. No one had no one had Super Nintendo down here. Everyone had a Genesis. I say I'm not gonna lie. You know where I got my Gunstar Heroes from is. South Florida. <laughs> How is the, the flea market like in general? Are there tons of them? The swap uh, shop. I haven't been in a while. Mm-hmm. It's pretty much a lot of Hispanic resellers. That's what we have up here. Which flea market do you are you near? Are you near the swap shop out in Lauderdale? No, the swap shop's a bit of a drive. I would much. I much prefer to go up to the one in Stewart. I find better better deals up there people tend to not really know what they have because i mean i was in south florida from 2009 to 2012 
And the swap shop was like the Wild West at that time for video games. <laughs> it's it's hit or miss. You hit, uh, I find at the swap shop, people, they don't know what they have, but they still want a lot of money for it. <laughs> yeah, I it's mean, like, and okay. the times definitely <laughs> yeah. have changed. Like, don't you want to make money? I mean, or go online and sell it, one of the two. Well, I mean, I've, I've told the uh, the swap shop story on the podcast, but the classic was, is that... a myself and a couple buddies took some of our stuff there like electronics and some uniforms some other stuff and it was like the walking dead the the sellers of the place came mobbed us immediately <laughs> at the first thing in the morning bought all of our stuff and marked it up one dollar at their booth that's $1. funny one and i was wow. like because i went around and i'm like well i'm we were happy to sell that to them like great we don't care like it wasn't like they were making like profiteering off us like a reseller. They were marking up a buck. They're like absorbing <laughs> the product into their own. That's yeah. so weird. <laughs> no, I find generally when I go down to Lauderdale, it's I don't know. They don't really want to negotiate with an English speaking white girl. <laughs> so I will yeah. take yeah, I'll take like one of my I'll take my friend Natalie with me. She speaks Spanish and she can get them to haggle. But it's like no oh. one really even wants to. It's a lot easier. Yeah, I was yeah. watching um super interesting. The NES Pursuit deal and um since they're Hispanic, especially Ricky, he's like awesome at haggling with them. And um I think what's what's the other guy's name? Um the Aaron. Aaron, yeah. He was trying and the guy didn't go low and then Ricky did and he like went low. It's like <laughs> because <laughs> they just feel comfortable around that, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, with, with the swap shop, I don't do any of the indoor stuff. I only like, no. the outdoor. Yeah. Now you want to hit where it's basically like the garage sale stuff. Yep. Oh, yeah. I, I call it the classic Uncle John's because where I'm originally from, where I grew up by Kyle, is Uncle John's Flea Market is all like that. It's just strewn <laughs> on a table like randomness, you know. And who knows what you might find. I mean, exactly. I, I found like, like trilobite fossils and stuff just sitting there like, what the hell? I mean, it's just random <laughs> Random weird things you just never know, and a tri- and a and a you know trial by fossil sitting in the middle of Indiana. That's the and there were yeah. there were two of them. It was like five dollars. So like okay, and then the next table may have like you know like a like a Pac Man like carpet or something. You could haggle down for five bucks. So yeah, it's just random tandem, which is the best. I it, it tends to be more rewarding going when you're kind of in a hick area anyway. Yeah, like I'd yeah. much oh, rather absolutely. shop in like Central Florida. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> What was the one time I had I had uh, Kyle and my wife worried because we're in the middle of Plymouth, Indiana, in the middle of cornfields, and I disappear into some dude's house with him because he said he had some rusher games, and I'm gone for like ten minutes. <laughs> I'm like digging in this guy's like TV stand, and I pull out a CIB Mario's missing and uh, Ninja Gaiden two. <laughs> Boxed, yeah, so Boxed sweet. CIB so sweet. Right what there. a random selection of games. And that was, like, under his TV <laughs> that they actually watched TV on. And they were right there. It's like, okay. And those are the only two games that he had boxed, and he had some, you know, the standard. He had a bunch like, of VHS Mario's. tapes, though, right? Oh, I probably. Yeah, they were, they were, <laughs> yeah, them outside they were the mixed house, up with yeah. VHS. That was, yeah, I was actually looking at the VHS out the, hi- out of the house. The, like, the wise were selling it over there. But, yeah, it's, it's, that's what's cool about it. You just It's unpredictable. And I'm that guy where I'll I'll disappear with somebody and go hunt through their own stuff. I if they they're willing to sell. <laughs> as, as Dario was saying, this, the swap meet. There's a lot of Hispanic resellers, and 
they sell like tend to sell the same item. Even when Jeff, remember when we went to that one uh, about the fifth or sixth booth where they had the NES controllers all in a rack for five bucks? It was like uh, they're five bucks, right? You didn't even have to ask. Mm-hmm. And so it's kind of like a cookie cutter thing, and we were saying maybe it's even like families. And that's where you're dating yourself too, because now they're more than five dollars. And yeah. back yeah. when they were charging five bucks, they went up from like two or three to five. What are they at now? Like ten or something? Probably. I think they are. Like you might be able to get lucky and find them for five bucks, but ten is getting to be the standard. Now the the swap meets are still good. I say anything goes. Um, they're like my classic story of the very last booth of the very last flea market that I went to had two NES Sharp controllers for the Sharp TV, like, for a dollar each. Like, that was the thing. Like, the whole day was shot. And if I wouldn't mm-hmm. have gone to that last, the, the very last booth, I mean, it's just like you can't ever give up. Yeah. You know, it's sad. I have not been to a flea market in a few years now, and I live literally, like, a mile from the Lake Worth uh, drive-in flea market. Oh, wow. Nice. <laughs> you need to definitely go yeah. visit that every once in a while. <laughs> Now, the whole thing is every once in a while, too, like, the turnover, swap meet probably still has the same shit from, yeah, like, you... a year ago when I went. That's the thing that I noticed, too, where some stuff just sits. There's definitely a um, a reasonable reasonability factor, a reasonable amount that you can actually go to flea markets and get your bang for your buck, and where it still becomes fun. Yeah. You just yeah. have to get so early. Um, not necessarily. I mean, if you're not looking to, you know, strike gold, like well, if you want you to might... join the Walking Dead, you gotta wake up early. Yeah, I don't. But the thing is, I'm not really after you know bulk common games. They're very specific things that I'm looking for. Yeah, so. that's that's where if you have a wide scope, it's good. Um, I'd say even mm-hmm. just as an event, going there, like even like very low expectations, kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, you need to go looking for other things too. It's like yeah. go go have fun, Anything. laugh at all the horrible porn titles, make fun of all the booths that are selling toilet paper. That's where the fun really is. Yeah. Yeah, yeah and there's so many of those booths. People watching. That's a swap meet. <laughs> exactly. There's, there's like huge rolls, like Sam's Club style, like in bulk mass. Yeah. But they're not That's... even like quality. I swear they're like no. stealing it from the places they work and selling like industrial toilet toilet paper. <laughs> yeah, Probably. yeah, they and are. I always think like that's a wasted booth. Like it could have been a guy with games or something. Like, yeah. What can you do? <laughs> Every time. But uh yeah, that's this whole specialized thing too where the low ball bid is my favorite thing because uh, you just bid on a bunch of stuff and just only have a maximum amount in your head and Eventually, you may win, but then there's that that buy it now, or you just gotta get it, and it's like, oh, look at that price, that's so good. Like, I'm not <laughs> passing this up. You know? Exactly. But uh, yeah, so so there's a lot and, of ways. Yeah. But anyway, and as as I do, bringing her uh, full circle. Yeah, gun starts. <laughs> yeah. Um. So <laughs> actually, trying to find gun. We're talking about a game online. <laughs> yeah. Right. Oh yeah. Good old sidetrack. We always go down the the river, and and now it's my job to link it. <laughs> oh, I, I did want to mention since we're talking about hunting. Oh, Kyle's trying to get yes. off track again. No, no, real, real quick. <laughs> yes, yes, you are. <laughs> real quick, um, I f- did find the Gunstar Heroes cartridge at Play and Trade. Um, oh. for four bucks they had it. But guess what? Ooh. They were selling a, Mar- a Super Mario Duck Hunt for twenty five dollars. <clears throat> like, and I I got a stack up there for five bucks. I missed my Play and Trade. Play and Trade's all when I business South Florida. Yeah. Up where I am, they, they don't even know what games are worth what. They price the ones they think are worth a lot. What, what about the one down there? Did they price it, like, weird, or was it normal? Or? 
Um, let me think. I, well, they went out of business a couple of years ago, and I don't know when the prices hiked, but I bought Guardian Heroes for $15. That's good. That's good. Yeah. Very, yeah. very, very good. It was just like, oh, you got Saturn games? I don't even care what they are. Give me. Um, <laughs> they used to charge, like, disc-only prices for their games. Yeah. And they were, like, complete. Uh, it doesn't have a manual, but whatever. Right. It's all good. Still. I'll take it for $15. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. But, um, but yeah, like, trying to get a game like, you know, Gunstar Heroes online, you're going to pay an arm and a leg. Oh, yeah. But using your actual trade bait to trade it in is very imperative because I know a lot yeah. of people on Nintendo Age and friends um, that are on Nintendo Age that um, they just hoard the games. I know people with, like, 30 Nintendos. It's like, yeah, that always just, I was like, why? I don't understand. It's like compulsion to the max. It's like, I can understand having a few backups. I've seen people argue on Nintendo Age. It's like, if you, you're leaving those games, you're leaving money on the table. It's like, dude, you take what, <laughs> you know, take what you need. Take what you could possibly. I've posted. I've you posted know, trade, but. Yeah, like, let I, I else love it. stirring the pot on that, though. That's, that's a I, good debate, though, because both sides are like, do I take it for trade bait, or do I do I leave it for some guy to come across yeah. later? Because I, did yeah. I stir the pot even on that one, or, or did I even start that one? Where I was like, if you found Earthbound sitting on a table, you're not going to pass that up. Oh, no. For a dollar. Definitely not. Yeah, yeah. and it, it's like, oh, so where's, where's the line? Like, yeah. Well, you know what? If line? I find Earthbound for a dollar... I can say, hey, I paid a dollar for my Earthbound, and then I can trade the other one, and that's whatever, mm-hmm. you know, that's just move that other trade bait along. Yeah, and I mean, the thing is, too, is that, like, trading to get higher items or getting stuff for a dollar, you know, that's a good game item, allows you to build your trade bait pile to the point where you can get a, you know, bigger item mm-hmm. that you've been looking for. And that's not a bad thing. That's good business for yourself, because now you don't have to come out of pocket. And it makes it very doable. Yeah, what if uh, you know someone buys it like a reseller and sells it for more money? I mean, it's and essentially that's the same thing that we're doing with trade bait in a way. Yeah, so it's almost like do whatever you want. Well, and and the thing that you mentioned, Kyle, is very important. Is that now, like back when you left, would leave a game for somebody, you generally were leaving it for another collector or gamer. Nowadays, I feel like if I'm if I leave that Nintendo at that garage sale. A local reseller is going to pick it up and then hike the price on Craigslist or eBay. It's going to happen. Two, it's like I was getting so much at the time. It was like, well, I just whatever. I don't want to go too overboard. But then, like looking back, it's like, oh, Action Fifty Two, one hundred and forty bucks. Like, oh, maybe I should have splurged on that. But it's just kind of like hindsight's always twenty twenty. And oh yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, but that's the whole thing. But the crazy thing about where I got the Gunstar Heroes coming back to that, that Super Mario Brothers Duck Hunt for 25 bucks was gone the next time that I went there. <laughs> I was like, serious. Oh my god. Yeah, like, it just, it, it tells me, like, who is out there, like, the demographics are kind of like, they don't know what's going on. I mean, and you have various people scary. that buy games, though. There's different demographics. You got the the collectors, the people that are in the know, that know what they're doing, they're going to buy games for a certain price, and generally we're trying to find everything for the best, cheapest we can. But you also have the people that, I just want to play Mario Brothers, I'll pay $25, that ain't that bad. Yeah, that's what I was thinking, that, <laughs> that guy, like, cool, like, yeah. I just want to go home right now and, like, do it, you know? I know a lot of people, like, one of my coworkers is like, 
oh, I'm going to go get a Super Nintendo and get some Super Metroid. And like he was just going to go pick it up online for whatever the price is. Not even going to bother. Just click buy it now on the first one he saw. And that's what I was thinking too. So if, if you only like a select few games, mm-hmm. then that's okay because to you it's more about the game. And it's like, well, I'll, I'll pay 90 bucks because I don't want any other game. I just, you know, want Faria or whatever. Like, I don't care about, you know what I mean? I had not that long ago, my husband got, for whatever reason, he had an itch to play Contra. I didn't own Contra. It wasn't a game I had growing up. I didn't have the nostalgia for it. So he's like, Mm -hmm. you you have to get Contra right now. I was like, well, okay. Um, It's a $30 game. He's like, I don't care. That's not not that bad. I was like, I'm all right. Yeah, because that game has always been worth something. And I think it always will be because it's a staple of the NES, you know? Well, and like Gunstar Heroes, it's an amazing game. Yeah, oh, yeah. And it's, it's so tight. And, and that's also the same makers, basically, like Konami, kind of mm-hmm. like later on down the line. So Gunstar Heroes, all right, we're back. <laughs> and we're back. <laughs> but yeah, so like I would highly recommend, you know, getting a copy for your collection just because it's awesome. Oh, definitely. Yeah, and um, another thing that I do with the... um. The homework is I make a perler bead to go along with each one. Yeah, those are cool. Oh, how cute. Yeah, those are really nice. My my daughter actually does her own little perler beads that are hilarious with it. Oh, that, but um, awesome. this one was ridiculously huge. The perler bead is gigantic. And I had him shooting one of the fireballs on it. Oh, cool. <laughs> yeah. So that one's... It was it was really ridiculous freaking perler to make. The irony is if you go to any um conventions... There's people who just sell perler beads now at these gaming conventions. They oh, yeah. make a business out of it. It's a lot of work and time, you know, unless, mm-hmm. unless you really enjoy it. It's amazing how much kind of handmade craftiness has come out of the collecting community. Yeah, a lot of creativity there. Well, hell, like the whole CIB releases are handmade crafty stuff. Oh, yeah. Everyone now has no one has loose carts anymore. Mm-mm. Everyone has like, look at my 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 clamshell case with my printed you know, my my <laughs> my printed cover. And that, that's what I even started doing with, like, certain, like, SNES games, like Space Megaforce or uh, R-Type 3 or, like, Ghoul Patrol. I'm like, well, I'm just going to get the shell because I'm never going to get the box. See, I don't, I don't see the point of that. I'd rather have the authenticity of just having a, I have the loose cartridge. That's what it yeah. is. I don't need to to make something or pay someone else to give me that so it all looks uniform on the shelf. Yeah, I, I don't really have a shelf. I Well, I have lots of shelves, but for those, I, <laughs> I like the artwork on the front. See, and I've actually right. done both. I've actually done both to where I did the Universal Game Case thing a long time ago and had all my Nintendo games in Universal Game Cases. It looked great on the shelf. However, it takes up a ton of space. Yeah, and it does. I started getting into actually rental displaying the the boxes. Yeah, like and I'd rather have the authentic boxes. You know, you know, it's kind of funny. Oh, me I too. had like uh, fifteen years ago, maybe no, maybe a little less. Whatever. I had I stole a bunch of Universal game cases from work. I had all my <laughs> Super Nintendo games in them, and they didn't have artwork because they didn't, you know, because they don't have the the inserts or anything. They're just. Yeah. And then a few years ago, I just, I took them out and I had them stacked. And it's like, what am I going to do with all these stupid cases? So I just, I threw them away. It's like, damn, now I could have sold those things. Yeah, they are worth a decent amount. Even the little plastic old ones. Yeah. Say like Nintendo Mm -hmm. or Super Nintendo. But I I think from what I was doing, it was kind of like, 
I have all the NES games, you know, like, that are just kind of, you know, not worth a lot, but they're just normal games. Those, I, I just have loose cartridge because, as Jeff said, they, they take up so much space when you put them in the box. So you you almost, you have to have, like, a huge room for that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The thing is, like, I didn't want to get it in bulk, so I, I only got it for a few special ones. And I was like, I, I, I'll display this, like, with the artwork facing out. And that was the thing that, that me, and, me and Jeff thought was amazing. Like, the old, like, rental places had the artwork facing outward. It was just such a blast from the past to like have that because the the artwork of those games was really the key to oh, getting yeah. your attention. Like the first thing you saw, you know, you're like, "Oh my god!" Like that looks mm-hmm. that looks sick. Like I gotta and check that's, this out. And, and you know? the the irony was is that like my wife came up with that idea, and then me seeing that in my collection is what spurred me to wanting to have a guide to view that. And then I made that whole freaking book because of that idea. It all branched to, Hey, I want a collector's guide that has all the artwork and screenshots. Cause I want to be able to compare them because the art mm-hmm. looks different than the screenshot on many of the, the Nintendo games. Oh, definitely. Yeah. And what, what I will support to the grave are those box protectors for like the NES box. No, those are good. Oh those... my God. Necessary. I need to get some of those. Those are sick. Like the way that they look is, it can take something that's like crushed to make it like beautiful. Yep. Yeah, because I get that little bit of sheen, so you don't really see kind of the worn corners anymore. Yeah, yeah, you they're know? Not smushed like... together too on, on the mm-hmm. shelf. They're not like smushed. Yeah, I don't, I don't actually mind wear and tear in a box if if all the artwork is intact. It's kind of cool. It actually, actually shows the character, and then when you put yeah. it inside the box, it's uniform and fits with your collection. Yeah. Oh, I, I definitely have my boxes are not mint. But yeah, I like yeah. them that way. They have, yeah. you know, someone owned this. Someone played it, and it still exactly. survived until it came to me. And then my two-year-old has been running his Hot Wheels on the... I really need to get some cases. <laughs> <laughs> my, my, my daughter knows better. She's now almost four. <laughs> she knows better, but she plays with the Amiibos now. So <laughs> she, She's good. <laughs> she's good on that. She never really got into playing with my collection because... When we moved um, houses, we th- she didn't know the basement existed. Okay. And it somehow worked. Like, she never found the basement until we moved. And then she's like, what's this? <laughs> and she found a whole other room as we were moving everything out. And I'm like, that's where my game collection was. <laughs> um, that's just so funny. Though. How mind-blowing for a child. Like... <laughs> yeah, like, oh my god, a whole world, world out there. There was another yeah. world back here. <laughs> <laughs> but it was when Narnia. You were about <laughs> Narnia, yes. The thing was, is when you mentioned the crafty thing, crafting, like everybody in Nintendo age is starting to craft things. 
the um limited editions on the homebrews has started to get crazy. Oh yeah. The pricing, because people are just bidding. Well, people set their own prices. Money. Yes, and people are bidding crazy, and it's getting crazy, and that's completely on you know collector demand and people what people yeah. want. Well, and there's, I mean, there's some whales on Nintendo Age. Yes, and they so, have nothing else left to buy because they exactly. have exactly. Yep, that's the thing. Yeah, because I wanted the um thousand and seven hammers game, and I had to bid quite a bit to get that. I'm cheap. I can't. You need to give me a price. Yeah, yeah. I want to feel good when I get it. Like I, I got a deal. I mean, I know you, you. I, I appreciate that these are brand new games, and you're putting your your love and energy into making something totally new, mm-hmm. which is the reason I do my YouTube channel. It's the reason I review these. But mm-hmm. I'm not paying three hundred dollars for your handcrafted wooden box. The thing is, is it almost seems like the limited editions now are coming out for limited edition's sake. Like, because they know that there's whales? That's what the kind of repo limited editions are. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's, well, that's how the trend works. Like, That's how the trend works. Those people don't even need to make a game. They take a pre-existing game and the limited edition. Make it as easy as you can do it. That's even worse. <laughs> oh, my God. Or, like, buying the rights to a game that you didn't program and releasing it. Okay. As limited At edition. least with the homebrew things, you have... Okay, you have someone who wants to pay $300... That's great. You've just got, you know, you you just made a couple thousand dollars on releasing, you know, Uh a hundred copies. There is absolutely nothing wrong with that. And that's great because it actually will motivate the homebrew developers to make another one. Yes. Make another game. So I don't want to come off at all like I'm complaining about the, if you do your limited editions, you've done a homebrew, make that money, pocket it. That's wonderful, you know. It's the repro limited editions yeah. that that's yeah. that's where it's getting kind of really. So um, so Gunstar Heroes is a <laughs> <laughs> is that what this episode's about? Um, that Seven Force boss. First, he he's like that green guy, like the Vector Man looking thing, like running. Really rewarding though, because he kicked my ass at first, and I was like, I realized I could get past the first guy without getting hit, and then I could get past the second guy, maybe get hit once or twice, and. It's just, it's kind of cool how the more you try it, you know. The Well, the two I had the most trouble with was the buzzsaw. I couldn't, every once in a while he'd like, he was usually jumping from side to side, but if he came down, I would always get like stuck under him. Yeah, he was tough because he's so big. Yeah, it, I couldn't move fast enough to jump out of the way. He's a massive sprite, yeah. And then the one that's kind of like a crab shooting red stuff at you. Oh, like yeah. Like he'd shoot blocks and then they'd come down. Mm-hmm. That one took a while for me to get the hang of. Yeah, that's that's what I was thinking too. Maybe I wonder if the game wouldn't take as long once you get the hang of it, right? That's what takes a long time. So I'm, I'm thinking like if you just now if you go back and play it, maybe you'll get to the fifth or sixth stage like really quickly. Yeah. Well, I know I know that right before when I was waiting for Kyle to call me, I was playing stage one again, and I didn't even get hit, and I beat the whole first stage. Like didn't even get hit one time. Like done. Yeah. yeah, and it was like I'm the impressed. first time. The first time I was getting, <laughs> you know, destroyed pretty badly. It's just like normal, and then I was just going through it, and I was playing on a on with a different shot, the fixed shot instead of the the uh, free shot. And it might be that that might have made it easier. I don't know. Yeah, I think if I played it again, I would try out different weapons. I don't think I'd use my uh, homing crutch. Yeah, there's it's definitely um, experimenting. I'm going to experiment. <laughs> when when I played the 
the next time, which will be in in a while. I'm gonna give it some time to get out of my system. I think for sure. So the um so stage six though was uh, the shoot 'em up level where you revisit uh, seven force, right? Yeah, yeah, that's the boss you fight. Which it's it's a little faster though because he kind of morphs like while he's going. And then the final boss rush at level seven is awesome because all the bosses watch you in the foreground and they come at you one at a time like they're watching TV. Yeah, there's a small stage before that, though, where you fight this awesome, like, it's like a sphere boss. Mm-hmm. That awesome programming, I was like, oh my god, because it goes into the foreground and the background. It's almost like a Vector Man looking bunch of balls. Yeah. Um, he, like, comes up running. It's like the return of that, that running guy, <laughs> the green running guy from Seven Force or whatever. But, uh, yeah, the, I was just blown away. That that boss blew my mind as far as, like, you could you could just see the work that went in the game. You're like, my God. I mean, they yeah. they had the, they had it down cold, like, for real, as far as that goes. But then you fight some, like, ninja dudes, I think, and then that stage is done. And then you go to the one with the, where they're, like, watching, and that big, like, yeah. sh- like the Schwarzenegger guys, like, back. The the irony is, is that there, there was, like, two different spots where it was kind of near the end. It was kind of disappointing. Because, number one, you don't get to fight the actual leader at the end. That was weird. I was like, what's with this boss? He's like a puppet guy, a puppeteer. Or <laughs> yeah. Like, you don't you don't get to fight the leader at the end. You just fight the, the robot. The puppet drone, yeah. And then after you after you beat the Devastator of Worlds, like, he gets away. You're flying in space. Because did either of you actually beat the end boss? No. Okay, yeah, so. Yeah, I can't yeah. speak for Kyle, but. Yeah, no. should we should we give away the ending? It's kind of a oh, spoiler. We but... always we always spoil it. Yeah, so. <laughs> so. So, so at the end, though, you know, your brother, I guess, the green gunstar, uh, he actually sacrifices him and gives the final blow to the end boss in space. And so you don't even, as the hero, you don't even give, get to give the final blow. It's like, really? You don't get the payoff at the end. The, the green guy, you know, comes out of his, you know, um,. I guess he was hypnotized. He was like under a controlled coma. It's kind of like, yeah, in the cartoons or whatever, when like turtles or something, when like Shredder's got him like hypnotized and he's doing what he's doing. But then when he gets like out and like normal again, like the other brothers are like, oh, it's, it's okay. Like it's all good. And he's like, no, I have to kill myself now or something because I've, I've done wrong. <laughs> Kill like, myself. What did I do all this for? Yeah, what Ninja What Ninja Turtles cartoon were you watching, Kyle? Where they're killing themselves? Yeah, it's, it's I don't kind of, remember that. It's just one. got like the comic book. He was reading the comic. Yeah, uh, don't remember the Moiden. <laughs> hilarious. So yeah, it's kind of like a dramatic twist at the end too, which I was like, oh wow. Yeah, but I was just after playing that game and like being, you know, playing it that long. I was like, man, I didn't even get to. Give the final blow to the M boss. <laughs> like, damn. Yeah, like, where's the M Bison like guy? Like, the fuck. Yeah, I like it. It was just... weird. Like, it was like two different games. So the first game is like the M Bison dude. That's like the first game. The second game, it's like the sh- the shmup, and then because the end's almost like I would say maybe a quarter to thirty percent of the game. I don't know, mm-hmm. roughly. Because that shmup that shmup level's pretty long. I was like, what about the, dude, uh, the, this keeps the going. actual um, dice palace? Damn, we gotta talk about that. Oh my god! So. Gotta of course, I hit every retarded version that you could possibly hit on the board. <laughs> I hit the one where you're not allowed to shoot, so you had to only use melee attacks. <laughs> Fucking shit. And then, um, 
I actually hit the space that made me repeat the entire board. I did too. I was like, are you kidding me? I had a run where I rolled nothing but ones. Weird. That takes forever. Uh, ah, it yeah. was horrible. Especially with that, the screen transition takes forever. Mm-hmm. I, I, and I don't think I ever rolled above a three. I don't think I ever rolled above a three either. Is there? Is there? No, no, I three? didn't either. Oh, maybe that's where it caps out. Yeah, that transition takes like ten seconds for the screen to change, and it's like how do you draw on. a three-sided die? <laughs> and that final boss was a joke at the end of that dice palace. Yeah. I, I was, uh, I sat there for like a minute or two and just beat him up. After he beat him, though, she can keep kicking him. <laughs> oh, I did because he does that. Um, that's the one where he throws the fake jewel and yeah. it blows up. And I was yeah. like, "You motherfucker!" So I kept shooting him in the face. And it just kept going. <laughs> I was I'm like, okay. Him. <laughs> and then I even stopped at one point and kind of looked at him, and it didn't do anything, so I kept shooting him again. Yeah, I, was because, I guess thing. that's what I'm supposed to be doing. Yeah, I was like, well, this is weird. Did I? Am I supposed to catch that? Did I miss it? Now it's glitched out? or like? And then he throws it again. I'm like, I'm not touching that. So I shoot him some more. <laughs> yeah, that was like the Dr. Robotnik, like Cartman-looking guy. Yeah. Yeah. He was in yeah. that, like, spider machine or something. Kind of reminded me of uh, the... You know, the end boss of uh, Earthbound, like a little spider bot. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Sure. A little bit. Don't want to say who it is, because then that's another spoiler alert. Right, but... we're just spoiling <laughs> everything. It is old games. People need to, to step it up and play their games, damn it. For real, yeah. though. That's what I'm saying. If we're spoiling some of these games. That's why That's why we do this, because it like forces us to go through to it Finally play, play and beat some of these games, too. And like We would like to get to the point where... We start posting this over in the forums, and people are, you know, playing along with us too, like showing off their experiences. Well, I had fun making a point of streaming mine. Like, I don't plan on doing a formal review of Gunstar Heroes. I don't really yeah. know enough about the genre to definitively really yeah. judge it. But you know, I, I do. I as I'm playing it, I just I record it, I toss it up there. People can jump in. I had mm-hmm. um, Sorelio, uh, Nick Brown from the forums was like, you know you can hang from the plane, like the plane wing, right? It's like, oh, well, that's a lot easier, you know? So that <laughs> I found that was really helpful. Yeah, uh, our, last that was a great epi- our last episode, which um, that went up, we actually talked about um, YouTube live streaming and how these smaller aspects is pretty cool, um, where you can actually, when you can actually chat with people on the fly. Yeah. However, some of these popular YouTubers putting up seven videos a day is, is getting pretty bad. <laughs> that was the part. Like, I've unsubscribed for people for just spamming their channel with videos. See, There's there such a thing go. as too much. It's like, you know what? You have enough subscribers as it is. I can search you out if I want to watch your stuff. Yeah, and, and that was like Angry Video Game Nerds channel now has probably one going on right now because it's been every day. And it's like, really? <laughs> it's almost like maybe make a secondary channel for that. I agree. Because it's kind of like tarnishing a little bit. And doesn't that hurt your retention rate if you... Because it'll upload the video afterwards, but no one's going to sit there and watch a two-hour video of you playing Mega Man. I would think that would kind of hurt. That's a great point. Yeah, as far as making money goes, yeah. Yeah, from a homework aspect, live streaming is actually a good idea because people can, you know, give you hints on the fly. That's a really great idea. Yeah. Yeah, if I actually had some subscribers on my YouTube channel, which I never update, like that would be a, a good idea. <laughs> I have I have few, but I do, I have you know the ones that I do have are active, so that's I appreciate that a lot. That's good. Yeah, I mean, 
I think one of my last ones was when I did my Mother 3 release on Nintendo Age many years ago. That was one of my last videos besides for my Kickstarter video. <laughs> like, So I, I rarely put up anything. There was a while I was trying to put out content, and I just don't have the time to video edit. Um, my wife's trying to do a channel now where she plays games. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, she. it's called One Life Wife. And she gets one <laughs> life to play a game. <laughs> it's pretty hilarious. Uh, we have the first episode edited, and um, I'm waiting to you know, get a few edited before that in case we hit a wall so I can start doing them once a week. And we're shooting for like five-minute episodes. Okay. Short. Oh, this is, is the part it? where we're, we're plugging channels, by the way. So anyone listening, it's Daria Plays. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Plug away, plug away. Plug away, exactly. Not the Daria plays that's in Russian. Oh, you could watch yeah. her stuff, I don't know. But go go with the one where it's, stuff's in English. That's that's channel you want to watch. <laughs> that's the good stuff. And I know uh, you, you cover some good uh, homebrew reviews as well. Yes, I do. I think you just did one on the new game from Kahan called The Incident, the box pusher game. Sokoban. <laughs> I did. That was a lot of fun, actually. The, the the irony was is that uh, I beta tested that three four years ago. <laughs> He's been working on it that long. Yeah, uh, and um, it kind of he kind of worked on other stuff before he released that one. But um, I was gonna get the incident when it comes out on Retro USB because the same thing that I did with Larry, I got it when it came out on Retro USB. So I'm not I I can't afford those limited editions. Yeah, no. not every day. I got a limited edition cart. Nice. Also, oh, you got like a reviewer copy. Yeah, yes. he said that's yes. I was it was very generous of him actually. He sent me a promo. It doesn't have any of the other stuff that goes with it, but it's just the just the clear cart and it's labeled promo out of thirty. That's tight. Very nice. That's good though. Yeah, you got to keep up the uh, good homebrew reviews because really nobody that knows anything about homebrews is doing any good quality ones so you're kind of treading new um territory i was i was thinking about doing that for like the last six months but i'm just like i don't have time i I do the reviews on my blog in text i mean i've done that for a long time but i'm currently i'm going to school full-time i've got a two-year-old i'm at home i'm bored out of my mind to be honest with you so i i don't need sleep i'll i'll stay up all night play a game put to edit the video footage Nice. And it's fun. I enjoy doing it, and it's it's bringing attention to people whose work I admire. So I, th- I think it's doing good stuff. I think it was, yeah, Kahan's Facebook page. Somebody, some new member posted. Oh, same, nothing new here for the incident. Yeah, I saw that. That was really tacky. <laughs> I was like, I played it, and there's a lot to that game. The fact that it auto solves itself is insane. That's amazing. We can quote unquote purchase the solution. It's difficult. It's good for people who are it's turning into a promo, but it's good for people that are, mm-hmm. you know, familiar with Sokoban. Maybe they're already good at that type of game. But it's also good for new players because it does show you the logic behind it. And it's a good way of doing a tutorial that's optional. Yeah. And once you see the solution for a couple, you can kind of see how it goes. Yeah. Too. It's like, oh, so that's okay. That's how I get around these type of corners. That's how I. So. Yeah, what I don't like about those comments is that he's speaking for everybody's opinion in, yeah. in, in, in concept. Like, everybody, this sucks. Like, just because you don't see the forest for the trees doesn't mean that it's not worth its salt. And that guy also complained. 
he complained because there wasn't like a demo review or a demo ROM yet or a you know a video and stuff like that and I'm like he's still working on those aspects these these aren't real complaints these are people who are looking just to piss you off it sounds like it yeah and then that guy like I thought there was like a language barrier and stuff like <gasps> oh. that no he was he was just a douche well, that was weird. I, tr- I tried messaging him and things <laughs> and I actually write it on <laughs> an episode really of the podcast a few yeah. weeks back and that yeah, was the one I listened to. That was the Spiritual Warfare one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a, he's a douche. Um, <laughs> but the thing was, is that, like, either way, though, like, just like, you know, Kahan, these guys are programming these games. They're putting, you know, their, you know, blood, sweat, and tears into this programming. And for somebody to just go, oh, well, this doesn't matter. Yeah. Like, I could see where he's. Like, what if that was you? That's what I think. It's like, well, where's your game? Yeah, that's your exactly. thing. Where where's the where's the thing you've made yeah. so we can what sit here and tell you how get? fucking shitty it is? Yeah, we can all criticize and throw stones. And that's the thing too. And then everything <laughs> becomes a big criticism of everything, and nothing productive ever happens. That's why I hate that shit. Yeah, beef everywhere you look. Yeah, it's just like yeah. <laughs> exactly. That's why I like. That's why things like when people are complaining about anything, it, it turns into a big snowball. It's out of control. Um, so speaking of getting out of control, we should probably give a grade <laughs> yeah. to Star Hero. Hell yeah. Oh. This is great. A plus. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. yeah um, for real though. Like, I agree. There's what's wrong with this game? Like, nothing. <laughs> any complaint that we've had or any kind of grepancy has been so minor, it doesn't even take away half a point. Yeah. Like, it doesn't. The stuff that, you know, would, would if we would add a password system, yeah, that would make it. It might make it too easy at that point. I don't even play running guns, and I enjoyed it. Yeah, see, so I like mean, it, it goes beyond its genre. Yes, it's quite universal. And we can't dock this um, for the length because we didn't dock Super Ghouls and Ghosts. So I, I mean, that's that's the only thing that I was saying. Like, once you get to the shmup level, it'd be nice to have a password, but I can't dock it because it's it's just a game. You just gotta play it through. Just set aside an afternoon and go for it. Well, and in the end, you could always just pause. You could pause it and take a breather too. Yeah, yeah. There's a pause button for a reason. Yeah, go get some food and come back and rock it out again. And as you said too, there's not even a timer. So no, I love love that aspect. Like everything was just done so well and so right. Mm Mm-hmm. That's unlimited continues, right? Yeah. Like Mm -hmm. it didn't it didn't penalize me for being completely like sucky. So yeah, you just keep getting better at it, so it it lets Mm -hmm. you like. Hone your craft. Yep. Instead of like you get so far and then oh no you gotta start all the way at the beginning again. Yeah, the checkpoints were well placed too. Like if you died, you you didn't have to go back too far. It's a great comment. Yeah, I thought that too. Like especially mm-hmm. when some some games like Castlevania, you get all the way to, to the end of the level and then you get the game over and it's it that's the moment where you're like oh like do I do this again? Start all over. Especially if it's like an obstacle that really requires practice and you put it all the way at the end of the level and yes. you make people trudge through the mobs to get like, I just need yes. to practice this jump pattern. Yes. Don't make me kill hundreds of people to get to that point. Mm-hmm. That's what's cool about having like not beating a game with safe state per se, but having that option to like get better at a game. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. I've gotten certain games I just couldn't beat the boss at. Like Ninja Gaiden, it's a great example. I would always get to uh, the final boss, and I would die, and then it would start me all the way at the beginning. So I'm like, I don't have a time to like build a strategy. 
So eventually when I, you know, the ROMs came out, I could then sit there and be like, oh, so I got to do this and this. Mm-hmm. And it still took me like 20 minutes to get it down. And it, that's, that's the whole thing that's cool about that. But um, yeah, mm-hmm. it's, it's, this game's just like one of the best Genesis games, out, you know, that, that you can get like bar none. Oh, it's definitely top of the library. Yeah, totally. So the graphics in this, we've mentioned multiple times that it has pushed the limits of the Genesis. Oh, it's gorgeous. Mm-hmm. It's, Absolutely. I mean, and they're doing like polygonal rotations and, and on the 16-bit console. Like, It looks like a Super Nintendo game. It looks like you're yeah. playing like a new Mega Man or something. It's, it's a pretty game. It's ridiculous. You have that. The music's amazing. The score is outstanding. Now, one thing we didn't mention... And it definitely needs to be is that the cartoony aspect of the game, it gives it character. You actually get engrossed in the actual characters of the game. I love those kind of games, though. Like, cartoony games, especially platformers, I've always been in love with those kind of games. So so even if you're um, you're lazy and don't <laughs> read the story, like, <laughs> you don't need to. No, not at all. It completely, a good game tells the story as you play it. And it, a perfect example is that final boss rush. All the bosses, they all have their own little character and quirks to them. Like you have the big guy that, you know, the big muscular guy that fights you on the uh, the jet that you can hang off yeah. of. Mm-hmm. Like he has his own little aspects. And you got the fat pudgy guy that rides in the spider. And he's like a little, has his own little characterization. It's funny. I loved all the background like pantomiming that was going on too. Like when you're in the underground level and like, the train car has caught on fire and the guys are all running around screaming and it's just, the game is funny. Those little things. Yeah. There's a great sense of humor. It just has a lot of character to it. It does. And, and that like that right there in itself makes the game just fun to play and fun to witness. Lovable. Yeah. Lovable. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah, And I mean, there's, there's no reason like to dock any points at all. Like this, is definitely an A plus, which is what what we always hope for because that's kind of yeah. what we we take a game that's considered like amazing and then try to see if there's anything that we could say uh, you know we could fix it a little bit but yeah th- not this one yeah a few of the homework games have been recommendations in the past and we've kind of tried to limit it only to bucket list games from now on spiritual warfare wasn't on your bucket list. Um, Spiritual Warfare was, we've always been wanted to play it. Okay. Recommended it before. It was supposedly like a playable Zelda game that mm. I've never played before. So, but it didn't meet my expectations as far as it didn't engross no. me. And yeah. All, for all the reasons that I said in that episode. Yeah, I, I have that one. And top of the, top of the turd heap is basically, <laughs> but we, yeah, we had to, had to try her out. Yeah. But um, yeah, I mean, mine is sealed. My spiritual warfare, which Ooh. is insane. It's pretty cool. Yeah. yeah, I'd like to track down a a box. Well, and a manual, I guess. I'd like to get a box copy. Yeah, I got mine sealed from Rengozu on Nintendo Ages shop. Some of the color dream stuff fluctuates. Some stuff's really, or even like the Wisdom Tree, like the Bible Buffet. That's like the most common box. Like right now, you can get the box for like ten bucks free shipping, uh, with the manual maybe for like twelve or thirteen bucks. There's some stuff there's like a lot of overstock that's posted like on eBay. You know, I don't know about Nintendo Age. Yeah, you, you never know with like those old unlicensed games. Someone finds like a box like the Aladdin, those deck enhancers. They got so common for a while. 
Oh, yeah. People found, like, pallets, I guess, in, like, warehouses. No one talks about those anymore. Mm-mm. Like, I haven't heard Aladdin, Duck, and Hanser in at least probably over five years, probably more. Yeah, and then when when it was super cheap, like, Kyle bought me a copy, too, and was given to me for, like, birthdays and Christmases for, like, a year. (laughs) (laughs) Two. Yeah, those made some good gifts. Yeah, the sealed deck enhancers. Weird, quirky. That's what's great about the NES. There's so many weird, quirky things about the NES. I mean, so much was released for it. So many people wanted to get on the bandwagon, and that's what makes it fun. It's, mm-hmm. it's just so much. So are we all in agreement, though, that Gunstar is a A-plus game? There's nothing that can... Yes. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. So for the next homework... Are we going to try to do a double creature feature for that? I know we were talking about that before. Because if we're going to do a creature feature, one of the games has to be an arcade-style port that we can, you know, just experience by slamming in infinite quarters into it and beating it in, like, 20 or 30 minutes. Because we were going to do Nightmare in the Dark on the Neo Geo, which is also arcade. So if you had a way to play MAME, that would be an option. Um, On the AES is another option. I mean... Yeah, I can download it. it. It's essentially like a bubble bobble style game, except for your little like reapers that shoot fire. They're like a graveyard. <laughs> it's actually pretty cute. Okay. Yeah, and it's it's very solid. Um, yeah. That would that's one aspect. And then what are we gonna do for the second game then? Well, I was we were thinking Splatterhouse too because I've never given that college try, but I don't know again. Like, yeah, it's either Splatterhouse two on the Genesis or. I mentioned in the email chains, uh, Kid Dracula on the Famicom. So, Daria, like, what do you, do you have, like, flash ROMs? Like, what do you, you use primarily? If I have the system in the cartridge, obviously I'm going to play it on that. Sure. Uh, but no, otherwise I'm just running ROMs on my laptop. Okay, cool. Okay. Yeah, because, I mean, I essentially have the EverDrives, and so I'll play with that, unless I have the cartridge. I'm not that picky about hardware. I mean, if I'm if I got the cart, I'll hook it up in the bedroom. I'll play it on the you know the real TV. But otherwise, mm-hmm. it, it doesn't really matter to me that much. Because if that Gunstar yeah. Heroes looked great on your video, if that if that was on the computer, yeah, that was that was just the emulator. That's awesome. I think I was running a filter on it. I turned off scan lines because it wasn't picking up very well in the screen captures. Okay. Normally, I if I'm just playing it myself, I will have scan lines turned on. It doesn't stuff like disappear. It was, I have recorded footage for one of my videos and I got like hours and hours of uh, Shining Force and I went to load it into Premiere and it was like flickering really bad. Okay, yeah. So so which uh, which game are we going to do with Nightmare in the Dark? Are we going to jump on Splatterhouse 2 then? It depends what, what Daria wants. What, what are you thinking, Daria? That's fine with me. I don't, I'm going to suck at him either way. <laughs> Kid Dracula is a, a fun, cartoony platformer on the Famicom. That's a classic. Yeah, that's an amazing one, and I've never actually beaten it on the Fami, so I beat it on the Game Boy. That's the game that uh, Kitsune Sniper translated, right? Mm, I'm not sure Probably. who translated Probably. it. Yeah. The only thing that you need... Um, translated, there's like a quiz, there's like a Statue of Liberty boss, and she gives you a quiz in Japanese. That's the only thing that you need. Other than that, there's story, I'm sure, like in the beginning. I'll download the patch, that's not a big deal. But yeah, that's, that's 
one thing a lot of people think that that game you can beat completely without yeah. translation, but you actually do need to know the answers to that quiz. So I would say let's stay 16-bit for the double creature feature, and then we can always jump into Kid Dracula the next time. Yeah, it's a pretty um, decently long game. Yeah, and I don't know how long Splatterhouse 2 is, is, but I think it'll be pretty short since it's based off of Splatterhouse 1 was an arcade-style game. Not sure, but it's probably, yeah, like medium, I would say. Probably shorter than Gunstar Heroes. Yeah. And since we record every two weeks, we have two weeks to play two games, and one's an arcade game, so it shouldn't be too bad. Okay. Yeah. And I'll be playing a Nightmare in the Dark on my MVS arcade cabinet. I mean, you can almost play it even for like 10 or 15 minutes and be like, okay, cool. Or you could play it all night long, but either mm-hmm. way, it's pretty quick. Well, if you use the um, Unibios on the AES or on the Neo Geo AES, or you use it on MAME, an arcade emulator, you can just put it so you um, have infinite credits and things. So Yeah. With my, uh, with my arcade, I actually have to put in quarters, so <laughs> that'll be interesting. <laughs> See how far I can get. Okay, I thought you could set those machines. Uh, you can, however, um, I'm not actually going to be... I, I could put in my 161 in one in the system and play it, but I'm going to play it on my Pandora's Box 3 that I got, which is a like 1,000 in one system. And uh-huh. that one you actually have to use quarters for, which I kind of like because my daughter can sit there and put a quarter in when we're playing League Bowling. <laughs> she calls it the bowling game. Uh, <laughs> that's so cute. And what's great, though, is I'm using it as a math tool, too, because I'm like, how many pins are left? She's like, three. How many quarters do you have left? (laughs) Zero. (laughs) Classic. Sorry, the machine ate all your money. One quarter gets you a full game in League Bowling, (laughs) so she enjoys herself. I gotta learn sometime, I guess. Brutal truth of reality. Yeah, she she plays that game. She plays uh, Gradius on my Red Tent still. My Nintendo Red Tent. And she plays Kevin Power in too many games. Because when did she start game. playing games? Like, at what age was she capable of? Two? As soon as she could start actually walking and crawling onto things, she was... My red tent had a seat. I made it purposely her height so she could sit there and just hit the buttons. Now, she's not playing Gradius. She's dying. And saying, yeah. yay, did it, when she gets <laughs> your game over. But in Kevin Power, she can actually get past a level... She's gotten a spare in the League Bowling game a bunch of times. She plays Mario Paint and actually can paint things now. Oh, that's cute. I tried to get my son to play around with Mario Paint, and he just wanted to, like, chew on the tablet. I was like, okay, no, you're done with this. <laughs> How old's your son right He's now? two. Oh, it'll click. Yeah. Well, he has um, he has a leapfrog, so he, he will play with his – he'll play the touchscreen forever. And he actually can, you can tell he knows what he's doing and he's cognitively playing, mm-hmm. but controllers, he doesn't understand yet. Yeah. My daughter at once stole my wife's iPad and never, my wife's never gotten it back. <laughs> and it's gotten to the point where now she's watching toy unboxings on YouTube. Kids, <laughs> of course, but yeah. And she's telling us about toys that we didn't even know existed and things. <laughs> if you like go in a room, she's like in her crib on her iPhone like. Yeah, it was back in the day. Yeah, when she was well, in the crib. It's like, whoa, like the kids of t- of this generation is going to be like nuts. Oh, my son was the same way. He was, he wanted, he saw that we had phones. He wanted it. He knew what it did. Mm-hmm. And as soon as, if he can get his hands on it, he like, 
he will grab my phone and run giggling across the house and go and hide in his room with it. <laughs> I got it. Have Have you caught him doing any of your habits yet? Any of your habits that you that people notice that you do that you don't necessarily <sighs> notice you do? My My daughter's doing a bunch now. It's hilarious. He certainly picked up some language. <laughs> My language in the house is very PG. Um, I've I've cursed at a game and said like, "Damn it!" And she gets she goes, "Damn it!" I'm like, "Oh, oh, no, no." <laughs> but um, she actually um, when I get nervous and things, I'll sometimes bite my like fingers a little bit, and not mm-hmm. like suck on the thumb, but bite my fingers. And she, I've seen her do it now when she gets nervous. And I'm like, oh. she watch she watches everything. Oh know. yeah, no, he's a total mimic. <laughs> yeah. And Kyle will get a kick out of this. She's over 40 pounds now. Yeah, I saw the, the last picture. I was like, whoa, Sprout. I think the last time you saw her, she was like 20. Like, yeah, she's... And, and every time she has a girl's birth, she's a crank. And I don't blame her, but yeah. Yeah, my son's in the 99th percentile for growth. I mean, he looks like a four-year-old. He's strong, too. It's always good. Like, he's got, like... I don't want to say he has retard strength, but... um, He doesn't... <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't realize his own strength. I don't want to say. I don't want to say what I just said. <laughs> I'm compelled to say this, and I know my mind is telling me no, don't. But it's coming out of my mouth. Um, That's awesome. He doesn't know his own strength, so like he's he's he broke my nose with his Whoa. tablet already. Oh fuck! Oh jeez! It's <laughs> hardcore. Jesus Christ! <laughs> he was trying to wake me up, and I didn't want to get up, and he just like slammed it down the bridge of my nose. Oh hell no! Oh, Jesus. That, that's a whole different type of pain, too, a nose pain. Oh, oh, fuck. Yeah. I was like, I was, I couldn't, I couldn't decide between throwing up or crying. Oh, Jesus. And out of a sleep. Oh. Oh, yeah. And that's the other thing. Oh. Out of peaceful, oh. like, bliss. Oh. oh. My goodness. And, yeah, the thing is, is that, like, I don't know how yours went, but my daughter, at a, a few weeks at home she was already sleeping in the crib and she was in her own room from that point on until we got to this new house and now the deer are in her room and so she sleeps she's been me and her have a slumber party every night now it's been like that for a while as a baby he was good he slept in his crib Mm -hmm. um from uh, probably about three months he started sleeping in his crib and he was he was good He, he stayed there and then he learned to climb out of it yeah, then you're done. <laughs> and then we he sleeps in our bed now. We can't keep him we can't keep him in his bed. Yeah, our ours was is that she was like scared is what she kept saying, but deer like oh. animals? Well, yeah, but the thing was is it wasn't necessarily she said deer, but it wasn't necessarily that. It's that we moved to a new house and she wasn't comfortable with it. And they pick up words that don't mean the same thing. Like all animals are 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 to my son or meows. Oh, really? They're all cats. Doesn't matter what it is. They're all meows. <laughs> she's just saying whatever to so she can stay in our room. Oh yeah, well she's four. She's she's turned into a little manipulator too because <laughs> I asked her. I asked her today. I'm like, did you poop in your diaper? And she said no. And I'm like, are you sure? And we already knew the answer. And I said, well, if it if it is if you did, you know, we're gonna spank your butt. And then she's like, No, it's not in there and then my wife looked and there was poop in there. So I had to sit, let me see your hand and I went and just did a little tap and she was, you know, a, a wreck. And <laughs> I was like, Well, you don't lie to us. We don't care that you pooped in your diaper and you know had a mistake, it's that you lied to us. 
Cause she's been really good on the potty within the last like few months now. She's stubborn. She should have been potty trained a year ago. She knew what it was. Just like her daddy. Oh yeah, <laughs> like her daddy. <laughs> Still pooping in my diaper. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> but no, like yeah, she's just she knows. My son has turned into a game. He's he's pooped. He. Like, if I'm like, Damien, did, did you poop? He, like, giggles and runs and hides. It's like, no. Don't make me chase you down to change you. Yeah, it gets hard from there. I think, though, when, like, London was two, she used to, like, we knew that she was pooping when she'd go, like, disappear and hide in a corner. And she'd, like, go do her business. Oh, my son will just stand there and look at you and, like, grunt. Oh, uh, It's like, ah, like, oh, you're pooping right now. Yeah, London makes a sound, too, but you know. Yep, yep. Uh-huh. Yeah, she she's actually caught. There's been a in in the East Coast. There's been this cold going around that's been pretty bad, and she caught that. And it's uh, like the noises she's making while she's breathing are like the poop Aww. noises. And I'm like, are you pooping? I'm like, no, she wasn't. She's just sick. Yeah, there's some stuff up here too by Chicago. It's mm-hmm. really bad too. It's it's got to be cross country then. Yeah, yeah I'm like, sick too. Wow, yeah. everyone is. Yeah, I mean, I've kind of avoided it, but I work out like a maniac, so I think I've kind of ran it out of my system. Running is one of the best things you can do. I made a wrong turn today, and I went like 10 miles instead of three, because I went across the entire world. It's ridiculous. beautiful thing about running, you have to run back. So it's like, you can't can't stop at a treadmill and be like, all right, I'm done. You have to go back the other way. To exercise, I I, I would ride my bike to work in school. And it's like, I, you, you have to go to work. There's no choice. You yeah. can't just be wake up and be lazy that day. And you can't walk there because you got to get there in time. It's sometimes you got to give yourself just that psychology of it. Like, I'll do it tomorrow, psychology. Mm-hmm. I'll change tomorrow. Oh, yeah. It's like, I'll just, I'll just do double tomorrow. Yeah. yeah. It's so easy to justify. <laughs> Luckily, my job mandates that I stay in shape, so that's always a bonus. <laughs> yes, that's another reason to trick yourself to do it. You know? Exactly. <laughs> Keeps me keeps me honest. So we're about <laughs> hour and a half in. We guys think about about bedtime. Bedtime for Bonzo. Definitely time to kill off uh, episode thirty, and we have a nice little uh, thirty-one that'll be uh, interesting coming up. Yeah. Thanks so much, Daria. Oh, thank yeah. you for having me. Our pleasure. Thank you for listening to VGBS. We appreciate everybody taking the time to get through this whole uh, arduous podcast. We love it. Thank you, thank you, thank you. If you want to correspond with us, you can email us at vgbspodcast at gmail.com. We also have a phone number. It is 262264VGBS. You can leave us a voicemail, choose a text message. Um, whatever you want to do, correspond. Also, comment on us. Shoot us a message on Facebook, Twitter, Google+. We love hearing what people um, think about the podcast. All right, see you later. Woo! Later!